Welcome to the Two Paints Podcast, where we click selfies like pros and develop puns as sharp as our images. I'm Kyle, your lens-loving host. And I'm Ruby, the other guy. <laughs> and uh, this is our Two Cents. For me, this is a uh, first podcast for actually ever doing any kind of photography podcast. Uh, all my other stuff's been like gaming related, so it's kind of interesting to try this out. Um, it's I my guess... first podcast as well. However, when I was in middle school, I did um, get a chance to work in our. We had this uh, class. It was like a lab, and it had all kinds of different tools that you can use for different professions either like woodshop uh, electronics and things like that and they had this one area that was legitimately set up as like the inside booth of a radio station and i actually basically created like radio broadcasting so it's technically my second time on the mic wow but my yeah. first time in like 27 years i do have i did do youtube with us for a little while so i'm at least somewhat comfortable with talking on the internet not like it really matters anyway nobody's here to criticize me right no one's gonna say anything bad uh, exactly but <laughs> I will. oh yeah well we all know that no we don't know yet at least um so i started out doing photography just because i was going through college as a film major mm-hmm. and i uh, had a friend david that kind of got me like going out and buying a t3i and that's what i first started shooting with and uh, from there it took me about gosh six seven years to really like enjoy it like i thought i would because i used it mostly for video but then started doing photography more and that actually became more interesting the t3i is that what you were shooting with when i first started coming out with you yep so back when i was in adt um and i was out by myself at night because i got the night shift and stuff and kept asking friends to come out but sometimes they would flake on me and then you said you'd want to go out so i was like sure let's go what's the deal yeah that was the deal we had it like midnight basically you got off but you had to work early so you still i didn't know that at the time but <laughs> i'm glad that you decided i don't think to come i out. ever told you that did i no I not until tell you that. not until like just a few weeks ago now so yeah yeah i was having to be at work at like nine and ten in the morning sometimes earlier depending on what the situation was with management and leads and stuff like that so yeah we'll be leaving from downtown shooting at like 1 and 2 a.m i go to bed about 3 or 4 and wake up about 8 so i can be to work at 9 how long ago was that anyway i have to go check my profile to see how long ago that was 2017 18 was it? I think 2017. Holy crap. Let me go back. I'm trying to look at my stuff here. Because it was like, I remember it was that uh, the alleyway picture was one of the ones. I think it may have been. Yeah. It was like this. I think it was this night right here. That was in 268 weeks ago. I don't know. Oh, 2018. <laughs> See? Yeah, dude. That was crazy. Uh, the fact that we got to go out and do stuff, that was fun though. And then, mm-hmm. as you said, uh, you said that it like changed a lot of stuff about how your life was going. I don't know if I never really got to elaborate that much. Cause I think we were, I don't know, maybe we were short on time that day or something. I just couldn't ask you like what you meant by that. Oh, what do you mean? Like, I don't know what it, what it changed, like what changed it? Like how did it change your life for it? Oh, like learning photography. Yeah. Like what did it like? I don't know. Okay. Like the positives, I guess, or the, any of the negative, if there are any negatives you can. Okay. Then I'll, I'll give my little spill. So when I started photography, technically I was also in middle school and we actually, in my art class, we had um, a dark room. We had a huge dark room in my um, art class and 
our teacher forced us to learn photography and forced us to learn how to develop film. And that's where my interest in photography started. However, I didn't understand the concept of why people would either want to take photographs or would enjoy looking at photographs versus a painting or drawing in which that felt like to me more artistry. Because I, I figured like a photograph was just, I looked at it like as utility. Like you take a photograph just to remember a moment, not as art. So I never understood it as art until way later, like skipping middle school, high school, I'm into my like later 20s. I'm starting to understand expression in general, whether that's music, um, drawing, painting, and then also photography. And what opened my eyes to understanding that photography could be used as an art form was um, Sean Crayon, who is the one of the founders and one of the percussionists from the band Slipknot. He's a artist outside of Slipknot. He does directing photography and things like that. And it was through his art book that like his him sh sh um, always sharing his artwork. And then also this artist named Tricky, who is another music artist on his Instagram, he was posting a lot of photography that was evocative to me. But I didn't understand what it was that was gripping me at the time, but I, I, I could feel it. And that's where my understanding that photography could be used as an art form began to form. And then of course, when I um, was speaking with you and you talked about uh, coming out at night and doing photography, I was like, all right, someone who um, who is pursuing it as well, let's see where this goes. And then, of course, we went out and now we're here. Yeah, dude, that's like, that's a great story. You have a much better one than I do. I just like got into the film program. I mean, there was, um, back when I was uh, about, gosh, I think I was like 11 or 12 years old, I went to a... Um, state park and i found a olympus digital camera sitting on a bench that someone had left what? and yeah i was gonna <laughs> take it home and my parents maybe give it to the park rangers who never gave it back to me because they, they said that as long as no one comes to get it then we don't have to worry or they they'll ship it out to me and then of course i never got it whenever the uh park rangers or whatever got it because you know this is back in like like 1998 or 99 or something like that whenever or no, it was like 2000 i guess yeah, around 2000. I uh, Whenever I found that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have this cool thing. So I kept checking up on it every week, and they never mm -hmm. sent it out to me. So, I mean, maybe the guy actually That's got cold. it back, but, you know, I doubt it. That's cool. Yeah. But it's, it be, it will, it's a great thing if it did get back to his owner. But if it didn't get back to his owner, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, but that's like when I first really wanted to do that, because I had them go get me a, uh, you know, 35 millimeter, like, cheapo camera i never really i did i developed pictures out of it because it wasn't expensive back then because everything was still filmed back then really it was mass market still but yeah that's where it all started and then uh th we did have a camcorder in my house and mm -hmm. i uh ended up making like home movies i remember vividly this one point where i was doing like a mystery type thing and i ended up breathing on the uh, camera lens to act like it was getting foggy oh my god <laughs> But that was pretty fun. But yeah, I think for me, it's kind of like an escape. It makes you feel like a kid again, and being behind a camera, you know, like you get to be an observer. And I think that's kind of more of my natural habitat, really, because like I'm not a um, like an out front person. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know, I'm not really like one of the ones that wants to be in front of everybody's attention. Even though I mean, I guess technically with social media and stuff, it's like me getting to that point. But then you have people that 
probably want to watch your stuff so it's a bit different mm-hmm. rather than just being no, out. i definitely understand what you mean they're like i'm not necessarily like i'm definitely an introvert and i'm not someone who seeks attention in any way however because of a prior job that i had i was forced to get comfortable speaking in front of people, being able to take information, complex information, and bring it down to a very simplified way to get it out to a lot of people all at one time and stuff like that. So um, I was forced to get comfortable with it. So I can do it and I feel like I'm okay with it, but it's not something that I seek out by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's pretty common for most photography people because it's a little bit why you probably get behind the cameras because you want to you like capturing the memories but you don't necessarily like want to be the person that someone's looking to take a photo of exactly pretty much where i've come from with how i feel about wanting to be a photographer and like i did oh i guess i could talk about some of my previous like business ventures into photography if you mm-hmm. want Let's or talk we can about go over other disciplines hold on wait there was there was another Wait, there was one other thing about us that we wanted to talk about. Sorry, let me go back. Yeah, like, like say, like, because you said, like, this is kind of like an introduction. So, yeah. uh, say, like, for myself, as far as, like, photography, uh, for me, it's not necessarily about, like, just being behind the lens. It's really just about expression and creating art, because I come from just an art background in general whether that's drawing painting all of those things is where i started at and then i moved into writing got really heavy into writing but what always inspired me were always the opposite disciplines to say like for writing what inspired that was music whenever i would write music what inspired that was visual art and for me it all is just a circular thing that feeds into each other and just photography for me is another aspect of that expression and it's the one that i've been able to take what i've learned from those prior disciplines and apply it to photography whether that's understanding composition lighting color um, where objects belong in space in the frame in your composition and that's something I personally feel people don't really get other than like they get the whole concept of the rule of thirds and stuff like that but I feel like people don't understand how objects in 3d space when you're looking at them how people experience those objects Um, I feel like I understand that stuff but it's also just me you know smelling my own fart and things (laughs) thinking it smells good but that's where I come from is those types of disciplines and that's what feeds into my um, approach to photography yeah so like for me and this is gonna sound so dumb but i don't really um like ascribe any kind of thought process to the photos i just see something that i feel like i want to capture and just take mm-hmm. a photo of it i mean i don't necessarily think about the composition rule of thirds golden circle or whatever the thing is um <laughs> the golden ratio yeah golden ratio yeah i don't like i don't that doesn't cross my mind what crosses my mind is does this look nice in this photo like this frame like does it Mm -hmm. look good to me if it looks fine to me i mean take the photo of it right and that's so when i say understanding the the idea of shapes in like 3d space and stuff like that not necessarily the rule of thirds and the golden ratio i think those are great things to understand like like how to compose an image if you don't say like if you're not a very artistic person and you don't know how you want to express this photo understanding the rule of thirds and the golden ratio can get you there if that's not something that you naturally are inclined to do i understand those concepts but it's not 
what I'm referring to with that. And when I'm talking about objects in 3D space, I mean just like how people experience those objects when they're looking at them. Just thinking about things in that sense. And that's more something that you do on the back end when you're editing more so than just when you're taking the photo. Because when you're taking the photo, it should be like what you're saying. Does this look good? Do I feel good taking the photo? Does it make me happy? But I do try to keep those other things in mind as well as like as my hand is going up to bring the camera up to my face. I will say those things do come into mind, but it's not something that always has to be there to allow me to take the photo. Because in the end, take the shot. If it's something that draws your curiosity, take the shot. And that's how I feel about that part. Yeah, and that's kind of where it comes down to. And that now the there's like Peter and I guess I could name drop, but it's the thing is like Peter McKinnon moving to film. A lot of people are trying to do that because it's like a trendy thing. Cause like we were talking about before, I mean, you know, in our own personal like adventures out in the world is that people find somebody like Peter McKinnon or other influencers that people really like to watch. And then that'll influence where photography run moves to. And then you have people that are buying up, film cameras and then they don't realize how expensive it is to buy a roll of film and develop it and they end up going back to digital because it's far cheaper and i and a lot of people that shoot film and not to like poo poo on them but a lot of them uh, do end up saying something like digital looks too sterile and that it's like uh surgical is what i've heard some people refer to it as and i don't know it's like people that have that aspect on how this like how this art form works it's i don't know i think it feels like stifling it feels like it's like trying to push people out just because they don't see their work as being creative just because it seems it's on a different medium i'll just say this i think the people who say stuff like that are just full of shit don't know what the fuck they're talking about yeah i mean that's the same yeah it's like anybody that's like there's an acrylic painter you know they'd be like i don't like watercolor because it seems to drab or it's messy or whatever that's like okay so like yes there's photography where everything looks very clinical and surgical however what type of photography is it that you're wanting to express like so say like there is photography that's more like that's in my opinion seems to be more influenced by product photography so you will see this more like with um some modeling stuff but it'd be kind of like the the i'm not going to say peter mckinnon although peter mckinnon does do a lot of product style photography but um just to use him as an example because a lot more people are familiar with that that style of photography is what i think those people are talking about when they say something looks surgical however that style of photography is legitimately meant to sell something whether if it was shot with a fucking film camera or not is going to look like that because it's meant to literally draw your attention it's like saying a song isn't good because it's a fucking pop song it's meant to be that way that's yeah. what its purpose is if you don't want to create that type of work with a digital camera you don't have to and I look think... at my shit look at my shitty ass photography it looks nothing like any of that surgical stuff oh yeah i've got your page pulled up actually <laughs> on the stream <laughs> i'm sorry see <laughs> did you see that no it, I'm, uh, sitting, I'm sitting here looking at the mic yeah <laughs> uh, you're good man i we're, we're getting into it so i was like that's the though is that the at least for me and where i was heading with this was that um a lot of people saw that surgical stuff like you know they sony sony a7s yeah. or whatever they're very good high quality images they're very sharp but it's kind of like with these fuji images yeah they have in body sharpness but they also are able to simulate a film pretty well mm -hmm. and 
that's where we, you know, we started doing Fuji a couple, well, actually more than a couple years ago. It was like three, three years ago. I think it's, well, that's whenever I got mine and then you ended up, like after you watched the, uh, what was it, the... Camera Punk? Camera Punk video, yeah. That's whenever it kind of sold you on it, whenever you're looking at the other Canon. And that was, uh, I mean, for me, mostly, it's because I found a camera that had the specifications I wanted and what it did, like filming-wise and photo. And plus, it was like, heck, it was like 200 bucks, uh, the the X-T2, and now it's like nearly 700 even on uh, Amazon whenever I looked at it last. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why, like, a lot of people that found out that film photography was expensive ended up moving to Fuji because of the film simulations, and that's where we're at right now, is that people are flocking to that because it's cheaper, but also that it, I don't know, it was affordable <laughs> to begin with, and now it's, everything's a little bit more expensive than what it used to be. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with people just moving to Fuji because of the emulations and things, but... Oh, I don't have a problem with them doing it. It's just weird that people are, like, I guess because my reason to switch to Fuji had absolutely nothing to do with film emulations, and I didn't even know that was even a thing. Yeah, neither did I. I I mean, obviously... Like, to me, a film emulation is no different than just a a built-in preset Yeah. in which all cameras have built-in presets. Literally all cameras have them. So, like, for people to use that as their reason to switch to Fuji just seems like it's very disingenuous. And these are the the types of people who are the ones who they – I just – man, I don't have anything positive to say on that. I'm trying not to be (laughs) negative here. That's fine. I wasn't trying I had a different reason for going to Fuji. For me, Fuji represents so much more than just film emulations. It represents, like, the concept of the freedom of thought. The, the 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 people behind making the camera the reason why it was sold on is because the people behind making the camera are like we want to create something that gets out of your way as a creative not necessarily so you can just make content right. but so you can express yourself which is if you like just with, since you have my page up you go a little bit further down a lot of the photos at the beginning were photos taken with my either my iPhone or my um, or my Canon in which at the time I didn't understand how to express myself. But then as I started coming forward into like photography from the past year or two, I'm beginning to be able to express myself more artistically and understand what's going on there within that mechanism. And that's what Fuji represented to me was that concept of these people are creating this product because they want people to be able to express themselves. They have the features there. So the other people who want to switch to Fuji because of film emulations, all that stuff's there for them. If they want video, that stuff's there for them. But that's not necessarily the reason why they created this camera versus when you look at a Canon camera, what are they? You look at their commercials, it's about, oh, 8K video, stuff like that. And it's just like with Fuji, it was just a different approach. So that's the reason. That's what sold me for Fuji. But it could have been Nikon. You know what I mean? It could have been Olympus if I was more um, educated in those cameras and had people that I knew to look to for that information. It just so happens you were shooting, you were, you were beginning to shoot Fuji. You showed me the Fuji video. And then from there, a lot of the people I began to then discover and follow, I started to realize they had a similar approach to photography as me. And they shot Fuji for the reasons that 
were becoming clear when I watched that camera on video. Wow. So you have much more in-depth reasons for changing. Mine was mostly, I mean, <laughs> obviously I was very nervous about changing from Canon to Fuji because I already had invested probably a couple thousand at least in lenses. Yo, let's talk about that. So the switch from, like, you invested and you had, like you said, thousands of dollars in lenses. In fact, I had one of them. Um, that 85, is it what it was in 85? Yeah. The EF? That Thankfully, it was, was manual. <laughs> it was a, it's a great lens too, by the way. But what was it like to, one, what made you even begin to look in, look and consider fuji and then think at the fact that you were going to switch you know to another brand like that's a whole nother s more investment you know yeah i mean obviously the the change was going to be scary just because of how much it's going to cost me to get to the point where i am or where i was with the uh, canon but then i think something else set in once i got fuji like you were saying like I got that 23 millimeter and that was the first one. That was $400. I mean, that's one lens. And then usually I didn't spend that much on a lens, but like, yeah, cause I wasn't making the money I did before when I first started buying the Canon. But, um, whenever I switched over, I had the one just the, and I obviously got in it, you know, something to get me to use some of the Canon lenses, but then I ended up never using it hardly. I kept using the 23 cause it, for one, it was a native lens, but also that I didn't feel like I needed more. And I think that's kind of where I'm headed now is like, I only need one or two lenses. I guess we can, I can rent one if I ever really need one, but I'm only going to need one or two. Um, and switching from one manufacturer to the other sucks because <laughs> you, at least you still mm -hmm. have your old camera, but like, what are you going to do with it? Like, right. You're not going to continue with that if you already made the switch. Yeah. So. Like I, when I switched over to Fuji, I, I only started using my Canon camera, like when I was on the days that I actually had to go into the office, I would use it on those days specifically. And just to see, just like exercise my brain with using a different system just to keep it, you know, fluid yeah. there. But that was it. Uh, so I yeah, you're right. <laughs> one of the draws too was like I said, the, the video settings. Um, Cause I can do 120 frames at 1080. So I can make slow motion video. And I do like slow motion B-roll. I know that's probably real cliche. Everybody f does it, but I mean, I just love how it looks. And not that because like Peter McKinnon did it, but I just, it just gives me that like a little serotonin boost every time I uh, edit something with that in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's, that's the main draw that I had for it. Cause I was trying to do YouTube mostly back then. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I may get back to it, I guess, depending on where this goes. But uh, for me now, with having the camera, it's uh, compact. That's another thing about the Fujis that they're, they're compact. Lenses are usually much smaller. They're a lighter body. Well, not actually, I don't know if it's actually lighter. It might be a little bit heavier just because it's weather sealed and steel or like metal <sighs> body. Uh, I, was gonna, I was like reaching over to pick up my camera. And I'm just like, yeah, my, my, my camera is definitely not lighter <laughs> than my Canon. But I think the I mean, kit feels the lighter. For me, the kit feels lighter because I don't have... I used to carry around one, two, three, four, five, five or six lenses with me with the Canon. Mm -hmm. And I had that big, like, body, uh, the battery grip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you had the Frankenstein, though. Yeah. Like, yours was... Your kit was crazy. Like, me, I just had the 50, the little nifty 50, and the um, 
24 millimeter, if I'm correct. That's what I had. And that was it. Besides the original kit lens that came with the camera. But once I got my nifty 50 and that 24, I stopped carrying around the kit lens and just kept those two. And then depending on what I was doing, I would only use the one lens at a time anyways. So like, yeah, my, my setup was way smaller. I remember your setup. Your setup was insane. I remember, I remember when we were, um, the first time you let me use your camera, we were at the, um, at night at the, um, oh gosh, it was in Turkey Creek. And uh, I felt like I was about to be arrested because your camera just intimidated the crap out of me. Cause like I had one battery grips, all that stuff, which is so new to me. Cause remember that was when I was shooting with my phone still. So like yeah, yeah. I had not touched a cam, an actual camera since middle school. Yeah. The thing is much larger. Yeah. <laughs> I will agree so you there. I intimidated the crap but... out of me, dude. I'm still looking at trying to get the battery grip for the X-T2 because the battery life is so garbage. Um, I mean, it's nothing that I can change about the camera, really. But if I add a battery grip, at least I can have two batteries. So it'll last probably at least a whole evening of shooting. But I don't know. That's that's something I don't want to go back to, though, is having a humongous body and, like, these big old lenses and stuff like that. Because, I mean, after Just shooting... Just carry with, two batteries. Well, I have, I, have three or, I have three batteries I carry with me. Okay. But I mean, I, I changed it out. But the thing is, is that with the battery grip too, it actually adds functionality to the XT2. It, it increases the shutter speed if I want to do like a continuous shot of something. So I mean, there's there's other positives to having it. It's not that much more weight. I don't think it adds at least much more than maybe like another thirty percent on. That at least that doesn't seem like much to me. At least I'm not that concerned about it. Plus I have that strap now for my neck. Mm -hmm. But um, okay. like headed on to better th photos and trying to be uh more mindful of when i take a photo and like what it looks like to me and what it what it conveys with my own style because i don't know what what that is you know that's something that's like i think a lot of people say it in videos that i watch like you know develop your own style like what do you, but like so what does that mean to you to develop your own style yeah that's not that, that as you bring that up like so what does that mean to you to develop your own style or like what does it mean to like be to begin the concept of developing a style like well like what it where's that what does that where does that mean for you man? i think for me it's going to be uh for one the colors that you use so those are something that you're going to have to it doesn't have to be unique but it's what you find draws you to look at something in a certain way and then the framing of whatever you're looking at like uh let me i wish i, I could pull up one here uh, and show, and I'll try to talk about it. Cause there was one I, I looked at and I was like, you know, I like this one a lot more than others is mm -hmm. this one right here. Like these tops of the buildings. And I got like this, like reflection of a car, uh, in a dark building. And whenever I look mm -hmm. at that photo where it's like above these buildings and these old, like brick buildings, for some reason to me that like, it almost gives me peace. I don't know how to explain it really. It's like, mm. it's a nice dreary, like it's cloudy day. It's not raining, but it's like, it gives me like a sense of there's nothing happening. Like it's very flat and it, I don't know, gives me a little bit of relaxation. So I think that's what I'm looking for is like this for me, this besides being friends with you and like being able to go out and hang out and have a good time. Mm -hmm. That's usually, that's what draws me the most is like having people I, I know or whatever I want to go hang out with. But, um, I think it's a time for me to relax and like mm -hmm. just forget everything else. And that thing is what draws me to take the photos I do because I don't want to, I don't, I'm like, I'm an observer 
and I don't have to be interactive with much of anything besides who I'm walking around mm. with. Okay, so like the piece of like pulling all of that composition together and making it into like something serene is that kind of like what you're saying? Yeah, like and the, like like the serene nature of it. And like the one uh, I had my heart and or my hand in the shape of like half of a heart for my daughter. Whatever she put a sticker on my hand, so I. Mm-hmm. wanted to get a photo of that that day because it's like that's something that brings me peace you know it's like i think and that's what i think that's what it actually comes down to is that now that you talk about it that we even like start delving into the idea of it now maybe i'm starting to understand what it is that draws me to this is that it makes me uh makes me create plus that's one thing else that i've found out is that like during the time of not creating for the past gosh, I don't know, two or three years, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed my stress levels were way higher. And then mm. moving in, doing this again, it's like a weight's been lifted in a way. And it uh, doesn't make, like, and, and I, if I can speak frankly, it was like depression almost without it. So it's, and th- this this gives me like a pressure release in a way. It's like I don't have to yell at anything or beat anything. I'm not that kind of person. But if it gives me something to be able to create something that I feel happy about, then that's what uh, gives me the drive to do it that's awesome yeah I, I totally feel you about how it can be to not be creative how that feels it, it feels like a internal death of the soul at least yeah. that's how it feels for that's... me like i probably sound extremely dramatic but like not being able to create in any capacity for me out whether if it's photography music drawing whatever painting i don't care I have to be able to do that. And now that I've taken all those disciplines and those ideas and put it into photography, now photography has become the all encompassing thing for me that if I am not able to do it, I feel it, you might as well just slip my throat. Yeah. And then, you then might we as got, well just take me out. Just take me out. And then Roll, we got, take me out. <laughs> and then we got into the serious stuff. Sorry. I, I kind of delved towards that when we started talking about all this, it did get kind of, I was like, I know we were trying to make jokes for the most part. We had a good, I feel like it's a good time though to be able to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no, but that's a real thing because like, okay, so uh, of course right now the big move I've made with my life right now, of course I might talk about that on the podcast, but the big move I made with my life was literally because I had a moment of extreme depression, anxiety hit me at once and it, it put into clear focus where my attention needs to be right now and that is creativity and photography so it's literally like something that is saving my life and like before this before i made this big move um i dealt with a lot of chest pains like pretty much almost having strokes and heart attacks because of anxiety and stuff it may not have been actual strokes and heart attacks or whatever but that sort of like sharpness in your chest that tightness all the time uh heart beating all the time because of the job and the stress and all that stuff. And the only time I ever felt like I could even breathe, like actually take in an actual breath, even though obviously I'm breathing, I'm alive, but to actually Mm -hmm. take in a breath was when I was out shooting. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, we want to be lighthearted and everything, but this is a real thing that really does help. And it's something that I think people need to hear that other people also deal with and are experiencing. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I was like, I took it down towards like a, sorry, I didn't mean to make it so somber, but like, yeah, like you said, it is important for some people <laughs> to hear is like the, 
it's it, it's getting to the point where like some people are so busy and worried about getting followers and clout and trying to make money off of this that they forget that there's a there's a reason why you got into it a process and rather than looking at the dollar bills that might roll in if you get some brand deals let's look at why like why did you start kind of thing exactly and i guess we can talk about that next time if that's like something we ever get it, or at another later date i guess if we ever get into that but if we want to talk about anything that's uh, lighthearted to kind of close it out i guess we can try to do that <laughs> um let's see here let's talk about the film emulations we've been using so the film emulations that i have been using is this one um called cloudy chrome i got that from a youtube channel that I've begun recently following called A Day in the Lofts, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Uh, let me pull them back up here. Yeah, A Day in the Lofts. Um, they're based in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I like their videos. They're very, uh, their approach to making their YouTube videos are nowhere near the same approach as most YouTube, Instagram photography content creators. It's more of just I don't know. It's very somber. It's very just people just walking around taking photos of things that they feel look aesthetically pleasing, makes them happy. And I like the approach. It's not very flashy in your face. It's just photography, and I love it. It's very, very cool. And then that Porto 200 that you introduced me to, I really like that. And Kodak Gold 200 because that's the... Uh, the one that everyone's using right now is the big the big thing, so I'm trying it out to see what it's all about, and so far, I like all three. Well, let's also not discount the idea that you found it from the Fuji X Weekly app that you introduced to me, so it's not necessarily me that, you know, you you kind of, like, th- through proxy, you found it because, <laughs> from me because you showed me that app. I mean, you, you're right, you're right. I didn't show you the app, but still, you brought up the, in the emulation, because I never would have, I never would have thought to just use that one looking at like the the um example photos because that's what i kind of go by is the example photos and like does it give me a vibe of something i would want to use and just looking at those example photos i never would have thought to use that specific um emulation um Mm -hmm. at all like at all (laughs) well i'm glad we did at least so and you know, we got some good shots out of it, which I need to post some to Instagram and Vero and oh, all these yeah. other places. I need to get some of those off and do that. And we can't forget about that Ektar 100, man. That Ektar mm, 100 Ektar. That, that you're that you're showing photos of from your page right now. Oh, the one down here, this one. At the very yeah, them them no, that's that's that um that's the secret sauce if I'm correct. But oh, you're talking about this top. one. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, the dark one. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go back. I, go back. Go back. yeah that one right there i'm oh when you got that photo dude i'm still just like why did i have to switch lenses with you at that time because it's right (laughs) after we switched lenses i was like ah yeah when you don't have the zoom man i don't know i don't have the zoom though i'm never gonna have one though i'm pretty much gonna stick with primes either a 23 or 55 so you're not i don't think you really miss anything i feel like the zoom lens for the reasons I use it specifically work for those reasons but when I'm out walking for the most part I do prefer my primes just because I mean that f that uh 23 f2 man it's 
it captures so well it renders great it captures a ton of detail even if you have to crop in and so does the 35 the fuji primes are really good they're really good yeah it's like i like but all the kit think... lens is great too it's a whole nother monster yeah so. i took these down here with that like some of the car ones and stuff right i i remember after you showed me that um uh initially that camera punk and i started like looking up different stuff with um people who shoot with fuji i remember i actually did i don't think i ever told you this but i did keep coming back to your page here and that one photo in the bottom right with the um with the awning is it the mm -hmm. awning over the door the, i remember when you took that photo and i just been just looking at it just been like i like the way this photo looks but i'm not sure what it is about the way this photo looks that i like more about it more so than when i took this photo with my camera and it comes down to that x trans sensor and the way it just renders an image, I just like this look of an image more than when I'm shooting with my Canon camera. So that was another thing that also helped me make that distinction of what it was I liked about the Fuji camera and also helped me, you know, go over that line of actually getting the Fuji camera itself was when I came back to your, I kept coming back to your page. Um, scroll down uh, on your page, it's another one. That one right there, the chandelier, I remember that one being one I kept looking at as well, just being like... Oh, yeah, the squares. Like, like what it was about it that was that was capturing me, other than, like, it's a fantastic-looking image. I love that image. I think it's great. I look at it all the time when I go to your page. But that was one I kept looking at. Like, just, like, the rendering. It's, like, looking at that rendering and then thinking about, like, how my camera would have rendered that. There's, like, this sense of... Like, when I look at the rendering, for me, it's, like, this in-between sense of magic and awe, like if you was to combine opera and jazz together, that's what that, like, like a Fuji image can bring out sometimes. And that's what that means to me. And that's what, you know, helped me get over that hump of like, do I want to go ahead and switch to Fuji? Yes, I want to go ahead and switch to Fuji. Looking at stuff like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's fantastic. And you felt the freedom to create it with your camp. That one, too, I remember... I remember you taking yeah. these photos. Oh yeah, when we were walking around down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I think this is actually, yeah, I was using my fifty millimeter for the, um, at least that one was. I don't know about this one. Ambassador's pick of the day. I don't remember if this was with my fifty millimeter from the uh, Canon that I just mm -hmm. happened to be using as a, a manual or not, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like. Um, and it's we don't have any, if anybody wants to go check out these images, you can look up Axley. It's A X L E Y eight six five. And then uh, for Ruby on here, you can look up Ruby Rods. Uh, well, I just have to spell it out, I guess, right? Because we don't, I can't show it. It's uh, Ruby, so R U B Y Rod R O D D, and then Zombie Z O M B I E, and you can check out his photos. Well, I think I may have to wrap it for the night. I've been on here for a while, so, and I gotta so get to bed. So, what do you think so far? This was—I feel like this was a, a pretty good talk. I'm not sure if any of this you can actually use, but do you like, like us vibing and speaking with each other like this? How did it feel for you? That was good. I like it. I, I think this is a this is a good way. Plus, it gets me like thinking more, which I liked. Mm -hmm. The fact that we got to talk about like. Uh, for, for for one is like learning about I didn't know you actually did photography and stuff like that in high school and like art and stuff like that oh but, yeah. yeah but um, I think getting to know 
as to why we take the photos we do is kind of nice because like i never really thought about it until mm-hmm. we started talking so that's it's it, i like it it makes me feel good and actually it gets my thoughts out at least i know they probably are a little bit scattered a bit but it's it feels good to do it dude it's like if this is one of your first times really getting a chance to articulate where you're coming from with it it's understandable yeah so you're good uh hopefully i came off like not scattered <laughs> i was trying to stay on top <laughs> no you're good go you're off good. on any tangent so just pure hatred of things and stuff like that because i know no. i can turn <laughs> things pretty negative no it's good well, that's a wrap fellow shutterbugs keep capturing life's extraordinary moments and never forget to focus on the beauty that surrounds us until next time stay snap happy and keep clicking those shutters okay oh and don't forget this is our two cents two pennies podcast <laughs>